sure it is this one. I don't. Yeah, fuck it. It's good. Take it. Okay. They say third time's a charm. It's not happening. No. Fuck well in memes again. Yeah, whatever. But not really. He, I understand. I'm sure he's a busy guy. He's got a family and and things to do. Yeah, and he, I could probably, I would be nervous revealing exactly who I was. But he didn't have to do that. He didn't that's have okay. to. We've talked about that. It's dead and gone. This OV is for well and memes to, which we probably won't speak about again on the podcast no. unless somebody else brings it up. Yes, the summer bees for you because I hate. Ovi and, and that's beer that's reasonable. Yeah. And there's still one more in the fridge. Fair enough. Maybe I'll take it home. Maybe Tila will enjoy it. Maybe. So we have to do this again. We got to dig through things that we've done recently to pick out interesting things to talk about. Which is it's so soon. It's only been. A well, few we weeks. used to do it every week. I know, but and we could still talk for an hour and a half. And then last time it was. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll keep it nice and short because it's just the two of us, and we still went for two hours. Yeah. It's okay. I don't care about going long if it's interesting. So, what have you specifically done in the past seven days that is worth talking about? It's a, it's a big thing to to ask for you to dig through the time. Yeah. What have I done? I see you, you got on your Mi Band yes. 3. I guess you're newer to that than I am because yours just came, what, a, a week or two ago? I think this is week number th- two or three of two solid or three. use. Do you like it? Do you like your Mi Xiaomi Mi Fitness Band 3? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, as an affordable option, 100% it is better than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's accurate for the steps, I find. Although it tracks it weirdly. I don't know if it... Because I watch when I'm walking, and sometimes it won't go. But then it I see adds it, them later. I see it catching yeah. up later. Um, the sleep... Yeah. The it's, sleep tracker is interesting. I, it's probably bullshit to some degree. I think the time, obviously, I know roughly when I fall asleep and when I wake up, so the time is pretty accurate. Yes. But I don't know about the deep sleep. I don't know about the restless sleep. No. No, it's pulling out some... I don't, I don't know. It's making some stuff up. I know there's times that I've been awake and doing stuff or whatever in the middle of the night, and it won't really pick it up unless it, I, I do it for long enough. I and, say that I'm deep sleeping, but that is not the case. And the heart rate, or like the... It should be perfectly accurate by all roughly standards. it's it's giving me if it's not perfectly accurate i would say it's close enough that i'm learning about kind of where my heart rate is turns yeah. out um because i was doing some research and whatnot and my resting heart rate is about 60 which is on the kind of medium end of healthy which is surprising for me, if you're anywhere between like sixty to seventy-ish, those that's a pretty normal average resting heart rate. Um, Sleep, you can sometimes hit lower numbers. Maybe some people can drift off into the fifties. And then I was watching when I was at the gym, and it's it's fairly accurate. I don't know what a what a high like a disturbingly high heart rate is. It depends what you're doing. All context. I so mean, if I was running heavily, you could probably hit a hundred and forty or fifty comfortably. Like, okay. well, not come. You'd be sweating and panting a lot, but you could do it without killing yourself. Okay, quite easily. So, any higher than that, that's dangerous. Again, in context, if you're running for your life on a treadmill, you if you really push yourself to VO two max and you're just going, you could probably hit 170. 
Okay. And that's that's an intense heart rate. See, that's where I think, because first off, that night that I went, I haven't had a chance to go back, I was seeing how far I could push myself to try to surpass you. That was never going to happen. One day on a day off, I may go to the gym and spend like four hours there trying to beat you. But at the end of the day, I will not... If, like, you, if you want to beat the number of steps that I get in a day or calories burnt or whatever, just walk. Like that's actually, I mean, I don't know if running is much better. If you specifically track it as a run, as an exercise, it might count the steps more accurately. But honestly, if you just walked for four hours straight, you'd probably beat me by a bit. Even if I'm walking a considerable amount that day. Um, but I was watching it go through and my heart rate was way too high. And I don't know if it's true because I'm not healthy, but I'm not. I, it was higher than I thought it would be. It was pushing over 200, which. No, that's not happening. See, exactly. Okay, maybe it is an accurate. There's, there's several things that could play into it. But basically, if the band is properly connected to your skin, it should have no problem with its optical sensor to figure out what your heart rate is. But the, there's the ones at the gym that use pretty much a, a similar technology. Um, the, the most accurate way to do it would just be to, yeah, you know, see how which many is hard you get to, per which is hard to do on a treadmill. It is. It's so. almost impossible if you're really running. But uh, no, it does. It helps me. I mm. I watch it and I notice, and it does tell me when I haven't been active for an hour. So if we go for over oh. an hour, it'll ding and it'll say, "Hey, get up and do something." So I that's helpful that on. when I'm editing. What you what you set your daily goal for steps at just the standard right now of eight thousand. that's what that's what the standard is oh okay i set mine to sixteen thousand, so that way i don't always hit it so i I don't always hit it i probably hit it like two or three days a week so but i i do like it i think i would recommend this watch for anybody who's thinking about getting a more expensive watch it's just a test if you're, if you're thinking about a Fitbit, honestly, unless you want something stupid fancy like the GPS ones or something, this does all the stuff you would need it to do. Battery life's great. I, yeah. I, I turned off heart rate because I wanted to see how far the battery could push, and it's it's well into the 25-ish day range. It's Mine is good. on heart rate, and it checks it just because I wanted a, mm. what it considered to be an accurate I use that for like about four months or whatever with mine. Um and then I do have my phone notifications come to it. Just and that I, is very useful. It is very useful, and I found that having it has had a reflect like a a positive change on my phone usage because my phone tracks how much I use my phone. On Sunday, I got a notification that I was twenty five percent down last week on total usage because if it's just Twitter. I don't even pick up my phone. So it's kind of a cheat, right? Yeah. But then it was also down. So I think overall it's down like 35% since I started wearing it. So that's mm-hmm. nice because I know when it's you guys or I know when it's Twitter, if there's a phone call. So as yeah. long as I'm connected over Bluetooth, I'm fine. It's it, just like other smartwatches. You can read the texts too that you're receiving, which is useful. If you just want to glance at your wrist and, and not pull out your phone because it's a looking at yourself it's an easy notification system to read it is and i like i'm disappointed i thought the alarm on the phone the vibration in the wrist because you can do that you can set use it every day it doesn't does yours go off for like 10 seconds and that's it 
That's a you problem. I'm I'm delving into the Okay, yes. I don't know how actually I don't know how long it goes off because sometimes I press it about 4 milliseconds into it going off. I wake up instantly. <laughs> it doesn't it Okay. So yes it is a me problem, but I can't imagine it's just a me problem. No, uh, there's a lot of people that the vibration isn't strong enough, but they tend to also be the people that can sleep through a fucking freight train rolling through their house. See, I can also do that. Yeah, so that's the problem. Now, I found that it is, if I do it, sounds stupid. If I do it three times, like in the succession of, uh, say, like within five minutes of each other, that'll wake me up and I'm up. Because it's a weird sensation to wake up to. Yeah. But as a backup, I always make sure I have an actual alarm alarm to go off. But normally I'm up before the alarm. That's the nice thing about it, too, is the Mi app or whatever for this thing, you can set the alarm or whatever in it. And what I do is I have one, I just have the alarm go off. I wake up to it every time. But say, for instance, that I sometimes I have to turn it on and off depending on what I'm doing. If I'm not working Saturday or something, I'll turn it off. If I forget about it, it's okay, because I always have a phone backup alarm that's about five minutes later, which I have never had to use in the entire time I've had this watch. The um, entire reason I got this is because I went, I, I heard about the vibrate your wrist to wake up alarm feature. Uh, it was Casey, one of Casey Neistat's videos. And I was like, well, what watches have this? And I found a $35 Casio watch that had it. Love the watch. Too big to sleep with. So... And then a coworker had this, and he recommended it, so I got it. I'm happy, and I find myself not, just in general, not sleep. I mean, it's weird to say that I didn't sleep in because my schedule used to be different, but now I'm up at, I try, again, slightly different schedule, but now that I'm working days, which is the first time in my life that I've actually worked days outside of Canadian Baby, which, again, was different. Because I would specifically schedule myself to start later, like 11 or 12, because I'd work till 6 or 7. Huh. That way I could get a few sales in in the evening. But now it's 8.30 or 9 o'clock, which for you, I realize, is nothing, but it changes things. And now I'm up. I'm up earlier before I start work now than I used to be when I started BDs at noon. So I, I get more done in the morning. Well, that's good. I like how having things like this gamify life, where you have stats about life. Because at first, I was a competitive sleeper. I was trying to stick to a specific sleep schedule and just seeing how much deep sleep I could get and how I compared to other users. It's it's neat. I. So it's like Grand Theft Auto when you look at the stats page. It's my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the game. I um, did take a few moments to check what the watch said after a. Uh, a rigorous intimate session and it was very interesting i saw the i've never done that you could see the the fluctuation the fluctuation in the heart rate and whatnot if you plot it as an exercise it'll go into further detail and take more measurements i i don't know if it's a buzzkill i couldn't switch it quick enough so i just let it ride (laughs) that's interesting i'm sure there's it'd be interesting if you could log more behaviors like that to give more you can on more expensive models can you log sex on any of them? Like an Apple know. Watch or something? Uh, considering how Apple's pretty, like, yeah. sex private type, I'm yeah. sure not. But I, you could probably log it as an other activity. 
but sex in general, I don't think any of the smartwatches have a... That's unfortunate. It's a missed opportunity. Hey, Ooh. at least it doesn't falsely count steps. I don't know if it does. I've checked. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. You Fair counted right. your steps? No. I, I've done that before, and it's like... It, it's close. close enough based on... About one in every 30 might be off. Yeah, based on what I know. And then when the day starts fresh at midnight, I'll test it if I'm still awake, and it'll register fine, and it's close. There's some tech news that's pretty interesting. I mean, of course, it's always dated as, as it is here. But uh, there was the whole debacle with Huawei and, and them sort of getting banned, all their products and all banned from working with American clients, which kills the Android lineup. And here's the, here's the weird thing. I want to talk about something different. Cause, okay. Because I, I mean, everybody else has already talked about this to death, but maybe some people haven't heard about this product. Huawei has a very, very thin and light laptop. Okay. And it was, I think they've only had one generation of it. But it is right up there competing with like the MacBook Air and like other small Ultrabooks with Windows. It was a really impressive machine. And it was something that I saw and I was like, if they develop that a little further, maybe make it a little bit more like traditional Ultrabooks that I've seen, but but keep the very the th- extreme thinness and lightness of the product... I go for that. If I want a thinner light, I go for that. It's, it's better than uh, the Surface books, in my opinion, for the way that they styled it and all that. We'll never get to see one of those because they, they can't work with... Do they have to work with Microsoft? I don't know who they can work with now. It pretty much kills them as a company, at least in the eyes of most people. I don't know if they can still find like some European connections to make things work. Luckily, a lot of the hardware is all built by, and it's a lot of Japanese connections. And, Which and is like nice that. because that's, that at least years ago was the, a few years ago was the only part of the world where the cell phone, the smartphone uh, uh, usage was growing. Like we've, we as Canada and the United States have been on a plateau because we don't replace them as quick as we used to. No. Um, so targeting developing countries with your smartphones is a good way to go and thankfully Huawei hasn't been banned from developing countries wherever. Yes. But but again, their operating system has and there is no suitable replacement as far as Huawei is concerned. It pretty much it kills the phones. That's I mean it, it really I I don't see how they're going to get out of this except I mean there's rumors that the US is just going to pardon certain aspects of whatever it is they've forced upon them and then let the relationship continue which would be really weird to backpedal i think i yeah i don't think they should backpedal it doesn't make any sense in the first place really if they do but hey i'll get to see the cool laptop products that i i liked from huawei because honestly their phones are they're so so i have a question for you about tech since we're talking about it, it because i feel as though i have reached a new age point when you think of <clears throat> I will say, uh, we'll say, you know, the big one. When you think of a folding phone, does yep. that intrigue you at all? No. Perfect. Fuck folding phones. I'm glad you said that. Because I'm watching all these things, all these videos before the, it was Samsung, right? Yeah. Yeah. The that Sam- had Samsung any people. issues when people were just talking about it. And I'm like, I don't just, maybe this isn't targeted towards me anymore. Maybe I've passed that point. 
But I don't see a use. I don't, and it's not really an age thing. There's lots of people that are older than us that would probably find a, a use of a folding phone. It's it's a stupid novelty item that costs way too much right now. And I'm sure they could find a way to integrate it into every phone of the future. And for some reason, it's going to be the standard. Maybe. I don't really know. But, and then we'll just get used to it and we'll put up with it. It's kind of like when phones lost their keyboards and it went on touchscreen. Maybe it's the future. I don't know. I don't personally find much use of it. Unless <clears throat> there's some element of it that keeps it about the size of, say, the large size phones. And it's still... Basically, you'd have to cut the thickness in half for the tablet version. Yes. And then when it folds, it's about the same size as the phone we have today. That'd be fine. Be cool. I saw, again, not 100% sure whose it was, but I saw a folding tablet, which intrigued me only because <clears throat> like as a say an ipad mm-hmm. having the keyboard is nice and i like my my uh book keyboard where i can stand it up like a laptop and type right but this folding tablet you can fold it about 45 degrees and have a the bottom part becomes keyboard. a keyboard like, okay that i appreciate more do you really want to type on a touch screen no. That sounds like hell. Hence why I bought the keyboard yeah. for the iPad, which was ama- is still amazing. I can't believe... Yeah, no, they, they get the job done. They get the job done. They it, last forever. If, if somebody's going to make a tablet that folds, do it for storage purposes. I don't care if it does anything while it's folded up. That's fair. Yeah, or, or if there's like a notification bar with some lights, which is how they usually do it anyways, that's fine. That's cool. If you want to tell me something when it's closed... That's fine. Folding for storage purposes makes sense. Yeah. If, if I could throw a, a laptop-sized screen in my pocket, yeah, cool. Get some good cargo pants and go off to a meeting. Yes, good. Um, other tech news. Have you looked at the footage from the new uh, uh, GoPro DJI? Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's good enough for me. I agree. I it's compelling. Would, I it's would like to buy one. I mean, I don't have money for said things right now. A lot of people think I have money right now. They're like, dude, you got two houses. No, I don't got money. That's a weird opinion for them to have. I've, I, I mean, I don't care. Well, okay. I'm, I'm a little butthurt because somebody asked me to buy concert tickets because they were out of money. But I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about this me. Is a, this is a very specific case. No, no. Okay. No. We're going to. Con- we're going to. Yes, we Bob. are. That's. What... It's going to be good. No, no, a friend of mine. Was like, hey, we should go to this concert. I'm like, that sounds cool. Which and concert? Like, it's a it's a Greta Van Fleet concert. Okay. To this person, hi, if you're watching, I, I don't think you are, but if you are, cool. You kind of just bum me out when you're like, don't have money, but you must, right? You can just pre-order these tickets, and I'm like, fuck, I'm broke. <laughs> owning two houses is expensive. I'll say that. Anybody who says that owning a house is really expensive, eh? It's it's doable if you're already paying rent. Owning two houses. Did you expect it to be expensive? Th- no, this expensive or this. Here's okay. We're switching topics. So this is interesting. But so the main transition is, I went from renting to friends to just renting a duplex to two, you know, parties or whatever. All With of the con- things that go wrong, you find out right at the beginning, and you have to do a lot of work very right at the beginning. I'm hoping that to get to the point where you can just coast. And it's not just like full-time landlord worries. That'd be nice. 
but but it costs money to do those things not of only course. to replace you know things that don't work around the house or whatever but also the railing goes crazy yeah but that that was something that was supposed to be done in the construction well, that I was know. that was hard work. but still expensive yes much more expensive than i would have anticipated railing to be but it looks nice it does and the tenants are happy with it and i'm happy that they're happy because that was it was a lot of work a lot of work little things like today randomly the dryer that teal and i used for months and months half a year failed i think the belt wasn't in or whatever which isn't necessarily the tenant's fault i don't know what they was doing with it i don't really care just why now <laughs> it's a pain right it is luckily i have a garage full of other appliances just because i've been picking them up off the side of the road for like a year now so i have a good collection well i think that that's what good property managers do i know uh this pick up appliances off the side of the room you know it sounds i know this it building works. has a has a room that has a few extra fridges and stoves and stuff like that yep. and john bamford his um well you were at his farm so that giant uh yeah. barn Very impressive there's a good chunk that's just appliances for his buildings in case he needs one right away yeah and it, it is a must-have i i think i gotta i gotta get a belt to replace the it's a fancy fancy samsung dryer like about that used right it came with a house came with a house yeah it's a it's way nicer than anything i would ever buy the one we replaced it with oddly enough is exactly the same one that i have in my home so i know that it's a good dryer that's good yeah on the side of the road driver for anybody that's looking to collect appliances like i do just drive around middle class subdivisions people are throwing out perfectly good stuff all the time to upgrade to their fancy stainless steel or black appliances yeah just because it's white most people throw it out or like it's appliances but then it's also random items as well justin's dresser set yep lots of furniture side of the road and we got it it was it was there it was put to the side of the road in the evening at like seven o'clock. I got home from Beatty's at that point. He's like, "It's there. Do you want to go get it?" Yeah. And it was gone by eight thirty. Because uh. no, because we got it. Oh, nice. And it it was a matching set. It hadn't been rained on. It's a good bonus. Yeah. Even if it has, a lot of people won't pick stuff up. But if it's not like fabrics, it's not going to mold or anything for the most part. If you pick it up within a week, it's probably That's, okay. It, it's a good way to go. And then you you if you're it, giving it, is, it away. A counter consumerist culture technique. Everybody thinks they got to get these new things and spend all sorts of money. And I don't know. I, I think it digs people in a hole and they don't realize how much they're shooting themselves in the foot yes. to constantly buy new. There's so much stuff in the world that's already made and perfectly suitable to any and you individual. Think if it's a. If you care about having a matching bed set, and some people do, and I agree, there is an aesthetic to it. It's human neurotic behavior at the end of the day. Yes. Um, then so be it. But if you just care, like, do I stare at my dresser? No. It's a fun it should be a device that primarily is functional. Yes. Does it look fine? Yeah, it looks fine. Does it match? Yeah, but I've been holding on to this set for years. So. Maybe uh, a lot of more people should take the opportunity to better themselves and that, you know, you pick up an old beat-up dresser or, or, you know, an end table or something. Why don't you learn a new thing, like, say, <clears throat> refinishing the top of a table? Just learn some sanding and how to apply whatever stain or wh whatever you're going to do to the surface, and you could make it old thing look like it's brand new. It's I agree. wood. If, if it's actual wood at the end of the day, you could do a lot with it. 
now that, I mean, there's all the compressed cow shit stuff that people buy from Ikea, but whatever. If it, uh, the point of that furniture, in my opinion, is mostly to use until you have to move and then throw it out, because forget about moving it. It's trash. I don't really like anything that Ikea sells for furniture anymore. No. I I mean, some of their shells, like the 9-cube shells, they work if you're careful with them and you don't move them. Yeah, the dowels are going to break and they're going to fall apart. But shelves no, are gonna I say. agree. And I know it doesn't look amazing, but I had a lot of fun building that cabinet. Did you? Which cabinet? The bathroom one. Bathroom. Oh, oh, you <laughs> came in. And you don't built. have to laugh. Yeah. There's a there's a, a cabinet above Jesse's toilet now that he built in my garage. It's a good first attempt. It's a cabinet. The cabinet part is the best part about it. The stand that it sits on, I'm a bit more skeptical about. But yes, it doesn't matter because okay. it's screwed to the wall now. Have you hit your head off of it yet? No. Okay. And I checked last night when I put it because I measured it and I thought, yeah, that'll be fine. And now that it's there, I'm like, holy fuck, this is big. It's a big cabinet, eh? But Melissa's okay with it because she has a lot of stuff that can go in it. So oh, That's good. It serves its purpose, and if I get a few years out of it, I've never built something like that. Maybe I'll do something better. How long has it been since you've lived with somebody in a relationship? Oh, boy. Here we go. Because there's, there's going to be a whole bunch of new stuff that you got to deal with that you haven't dealt with in years. Yeah, and you think I'm not worried about that? <laughs> I know you are, which is why it's fun to talk about it. Yeah, thanks, Eric. <laughs> okay, so let me start off by saying that I am excited to do so. And Melissa... If I you're know, not, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, exactly. I know you don't watch these, but I love you. <laughs> Now, with that being said, let's continue on. By the time I move in with Melissa, it will have been... <sighs> Holy shit. It's been a long time. Seven years. Um, seven years ago, almost to the month, I moved in with my first girlfriend. We lived together until about four years ago, so for three years. So it's been a long time. It's been a long time wow. now. In those uh, three years that we lived together, the first few months were absolutely horrible. And they should have been a telltale sign that it was not going to get better. Yes. We were living with Tila in a secondary room. Uh, the first 10 days of moving in was great because I was in Rome. That sounds fantastic. Drunk. I would love to be in Rome drunk instead of moving into a house. Getting pay, it was nice. Yeah. Getting paid to drink. It was one of the best jobs I'll ever have. Well, actually paid to drink. But the per diems were if nice. If somebody's looking to hire somebody to get drunk in Rome. I'm a good guy. Yeah. I will appreciate the, the Italian wine. It's the only place. I'm picky. I, it's, it's weird to go there because you can go anywhere to buy it. Buy a nine euro bottle of wine in the grocery store. Take a picture of the label. Come back here. That same bottle. $82 here. Really? Well, fuck that. I'm drinking that. I wonder how much of it's just import and, and a other lot. fees. A yeah. lot. Because it, I mean, they might not even be price gouging, really. It's just so, how much it costs. But still, here. I can't. So, moved in with Tila. That was horrible. Tila was great. She had to put up with the shit, too. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, and I learned that. There's certain things that come before a relationship, and good, solid friends are one 
to a certain extent. Ooh, PSA. If your partner makes you abandon any of your friends at all, you should question whether or not to proceed in this relationship because it's probably a really fucking bad idea. Is that a personal PSA or are you just saying that I, in general? I've seen it destroy many alive. Yes. And including my own. Yes, myself, mine as well. Yes. Right? If, if so, you start abandoning your friends and you're justifying it over dumb shit, look at yourself, slap yourself in the face. Hey, get, that's get hard to that do. Shit. It is. So, I've I couldn't do it. So I thought, alrighty, Jessica. Oh shit, whatever. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> You've already name dropped. I know, but I, I sometimes it's not as direct. Uh, I hope we're okay, but whatever. Who cares? You were not nice. Doesn't matter. Jessica and Tila didn't get along. Jessica's fault. I thought I gotta choose the person I love over my two closest friends. So moved into apartment down the street. That was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. It's I can paint or I can pick a few specific points where they were like you know how you you say like that's the last nail in the coffin type thing. I can pick points where there were definitive nails on the coffins and it should have ended. Yes, and it didn't. Yes. Like right off the bat, it should have ended the night I met her. We've talked about that. It, it it didn't. I was talking about that with Connor last week. He's like, you you started dating her out of guilt. It's a bad way to start. Well, yes, it is. Which, unfortunately, I did. Just not at that specific time. Um, so moving in. Things were okay at the beginning because I work nights-ish. She worked days. You barely saw each other. Yeah. Hey, there's a pattern between something that you've gone through and something that I've gone through. Oh, it's it was quite frequent. It's easier to justify things when you never see the person. Yes. And then I started to work days. Issues started to uh, to arise. Um, when she started telling me that we're not going to see my family as much as hers and stuff like that. And like that should have been an inject. That was that was one I of those nails in the coffins. I, I had an ex that tried to tell me that my relationship with my parents was fucked up, but her relationship with her parents was about as fucked up as I've ever seen in my life. And then I learned what projecting was, and it was okay. Yes, I could justify it to myself as to why she was saying these things. Um. So there was that. There was. Just weird things. I got in major trouble one time for doing a little adult web searching. Porn. Yes. If your partner has a problem with you looking it up, you should consider your freedom and and ask yourself if it's something you value. Because if you do, get the fuck out. Yes. Forget about that stuff. Um, and then, just a few other random notes they weren't necessary uh, then i'll get to the actual like final nails in the coffin uh she didn't like tila she didn't want me talking to tila or yeah. whatnot even though i was tila's, tila's a very controversial figure in many a girlfriend of a boyfriend's life she is and i i have thought about it over the years and it's obvious that it's, she says what the fuck she wants yes that's that's the thing so it's not it's not always the other person's fault it's just they're not used to 
somebody who's so free-spirited in speech, right? So open. Like, you can have a perfectly nice person who gets turned off by... I, I, I don't know specifics, but... No, I don't know if that's true necessarily, because the bonus is, while she does speak her mind, she does use, for the most part, logic to like, just say that this is really fucking stupid, and, and, and as bluntly as that. And people are just taken aback because people have been polite to them all their lives and, well, yes. and they're not prepared for this. But if, if you think in your mind for a moment and you realize that she's right about it, then really you have two options. One, you can calm down and you can agree, or you can take the shit to a whole nother level. Which Jessica did. Yes. Um, so anyways, I sporadically saw Tila. Uh, I was going to school with, you know, Corey at the time. Yep. And one day, randomly, I came home and Jess was like, I found a black hair in the bathroom. What the fuck has Tila been doing in the apartment? I'm like, if people start pulling hairs out of places, unless it's like a mat of hair, they're paranoid. Yeah. Now, to this day, I'm still... I probably probably got a hair of like 50 people on me just because I've walked through places that other humans inhabit. Oh, exactly. So that one was weird. But then came the the kind of like dark defining moments. Like when she just really wasn't there when my grandmother died and she was absolutely horrible throughout the Dylan stuff. Like she didn't come to Toronto until the day that we pulled the plug. Maybe it was the day before. I'll give her that. It was the day before. One day in advance. Well, I mean, I get it. There's jobs, but still. Um, she wasn't 100% supportive throughout the entire thing. In fact, saying 100% is a little bit nice. She wasn't at all supportive. Uh, and the night... That we had the wake the night before the funeral. Nope. Yep. Night before the funeral. We're all drunk. That week probably has like two or three of the top drunkest nights of my life. Like the week between his death and the funeral. Night? Yeah. Because it was just like John Bamford, everybody over there with Texas Mickey's of everything. And it was not good it was great i want to use this as a jumping off point so i'm going to listen to the rest of your story but i know where i'm going to go with this. okay it's not necessarily the best way to mourn either for the record but really ah, yeah I, I wouldn't know um so the night before the funeral we're all drinking and i had met somebody who at one point in my life was very important to me years ago at the visitation and we talked for a bit. Jessica didn't because she didn't want to take part in the visitation. It's just a jab, but whatever. It's true. And Jessica went to bed early that night. And I will openly admit that I let my drunk fingers do some walking on my phone. And I got back in touch with this uh, old acquaintance. Yes, was female. Nothing physically happened. I said things that I shouldn't have. And I'll go into non-specifics there. But uh, 
it made me think that perhaps there is a a second life you know without the current partner there yes. are other romantic figures that is a, an important thing to give you some faith that you can move past this and that there are other things you can do with your relationship needs so day of the funeral Jessica leaves right after the funeral. I stay a few more days. She got mad at that. Again, just another jab. Uh, about a month later, I'm getting a physical. Day before my birthday, 23rd birthday, getting a physical. And I'm sitting, i just done the blood test, and I'm about to, like he's checking, and got my blood he has my arm in the blood pressure check and I start getting text messages from Jessica and she's like who the fuck is this who the and she logged onto my computer and started just going through everything and my blood pressure went through the like I panicked it's like it feels like it should be part of a movie it's well you know for a fact there's a script being written yes Uh, so that ended that and it was horrible and it was not good. Yeah. I'm better off. Anyways, long story short, yes, it's been a long time, and I'm looking forward to living with Melissa, but I'm not used to it. Although, at the same time, now that Justin's not here, I'm not used to it being quiet. I'm not used to just roaming around and not having somebody to talk to. It's really weird. Huh. Well, I don't like it. I mean, there's always bad that comes with any good and any good that comes with bad. But it's a transition. So, yes. Because I only have a month before Melissa moves in. But once she gets here, you will get somebody again to talk to and yes. socialize with. But you also get to pick up all of their weird behaviors and, and doings. Hey. Like, she's going to start organizing your stuff. You she know? already has. You're not going to know where stuff is. She already has. I, I can't cook in my yes. kitchen. That is a woman thing. Um, <clears throat> the good news is, let's be 100% honest, of all the weird things that Melissa... Um, of all the weird quirks that Melissa could have, I bet you I got a fuck ton more. Okay. I'm a pretty... Hopefully she looks forward to that. ...person. She is nervous. Probably more so than me. Wow. Okay. I mean, she's also moving out of a place she's lived a very long time. Yes. So that's fair. The jumping off point I wanted to use is the use of mind-altering substances... And I mean, for you, it was just alcohol. But it's sort of this its this interesting human catalyst because it allows you to do and think things you otherwise wouldn't. So, do you need to address something? No. Okay. So, Santa. for me, it wasn't alcohol, but it was definitely weed. And it wasn't necessarily just me, like, okay, this person, my this ex that I had to break up with, was one of the first people that I ever smoked weed with, basically. And I, I was in my 20s, just for my parents' info, because they used to get on my case about a lot of that kind of stuff. But You're still in your 20s, Eric. I know. But that's my point. It was <laughs> it was recent. So, yeah, I did that a couple times. And it was interesting, because not only did it change my perspective necessarily to look at things and to be self-analytical and, and realize that I'm in a weird situation, but it also changed the other person's behaviors. And it sort of concentrated the worst behaviors that this person had to make them so torturous to be around when they were high. 
which she wouldn't do it that all that often, but oh my god, it was like Jekyll and Hyde when she would smoke weed. Well, that's something. Which and, and then that also gets me thinking, like you know, this is the, I see these attributes in this person normally, but now they're concentrated. Now you get to see who who this person really is, and it was this interesting thing where if you do some kind of substances, even even drinking is probably enough to do it, and you start reflecting enough about your own life, you can catch yourself in something that you've been letting go way too long. It's an interesting human yeah, behavior. I, it's well, a sort yeah. of medicate. It's not good sometimes. Yeah. It's this weird um, thing. I, I don't know if it's an Alan Watts quote or if it's if it's even older than that, but it's this, and he was referring to psychedelics, but it was this whole thing about once you've got the message, hang up the phone. Like, people that are using the substances for some kind of revelation or some kind of reflection, once you get, you know, get what you're looking for and you have some kind of answer to use, you don't need the substances. You don't need to rely on this crutch. Because people who use any sort of substance as a crutch and a medication really aren't solving any problems. And in fact, they have to, again, deal with all the consequences of using a substance, whether it's drinking, marijuana, psychedelics, anything. MDMA, whatever you're using to get through something, even lots of prescription drugs. If you are using a substance and you have an idea, and when you're done using that substance, you still have the idea and you still can agree with it like, yeah, I think I was right when I thought that. You might be on to something. Uh, okay, fair point. I used to, in my college days, and it's weird because looking back... I don't know what I was feeling because I have an issue with maybe maybe it's the way I smoke. I don't know, but I have an issue with getting high. Like it doesn't seem I don't know. Weed doesn't really affect you that much. No, no. And it it used to, I think, but it's been so long. Maybe it was the vaporizer. I don't uh, know. It's it's an interesting too thing too because when I first started doing it. I would have basically psychedelic experiences with marijuana, which was amazing. I, I wish I could do that again because it is so much more mind-altering and, and it gives you so much more out of the experience. When I first started using it or started smoking it, started using it. Started worse. injecting the marijuana. Yeah. Um, it was more of a trip than anything uh, now. Like I will stand by the fact that when Bobby was here, and we smoked. I, my teeth didn't hurt like that. Physical cool. change. That was just CBD weed, for yes. the record, for anybody watching. Um, no psychoactive component. But it doesn't seem to affect me the way that even it used to. And when you're talking about, like, if you have an idea and then later you have the same idea. I used to write a lot. It's creative inspiration to a lot of people. And it and would work, yes. except for the fact that I'd still have to go back and just make sure it all made sense. Absolutely. Because which, when it's purely creative writing, yes. and you're letting your mind just go, sometimes it works really well, and then other times it's like, okay, no. that doesn't really work. And that's fine. People need to be able to differentiate between things that they've learned from an experience that are good and things that are bad because you just get a whole lot of it out of it you get good and you get bad the sober mind might be better at weeding through said ideas possibly or it might be too judgmental and dismiss some things that could really work i'm sure there's lots of weird brands or or products or whatever that have been creative 
created under the influence of drugs, and there's many more that haven't because one person sobered up, they said, no, that's a fucking terrible idea, but maybe it could have had success. Took a long time, but just last week, uh, Jimmy Buffett and the Margaritaville brand finally announced their line of marijuana. In Canada or in, in the states. In legal states? Yeah. Cool. But eventually it'll end up here. And it's it's worked for one. It's worked. It's, it's been bound to happen because he tours. It's Jimmy Buffett and the and Coral he, Reefer Band. Yeah. So now he has a Coral Reefer <sighs> line of products. There's that marketing. I mostly just see him as like a marketing he, personality. That's, the that's the what funny he does. thing is, is I didn't really talk about it a decade ago, but now whenever something happens or he's he's on a talk show yes he's still wearing his colored shirts and whatnot and he never wears shoes whenever he can avoid it he just doesn't wear barefoot yes wow but he's the antithesis of what he's selling because he's very busy he doesn't he he has sworn off margaritas at this point because there's too much sugar he's older he's like i'll drink straight tequila but i'm not having a margarita <laughs> um, when you think about it, margaritas—they are full of sugar. Absolutely. It's not good. It's good. They're delicious, but um, and then he's always working, and he knows his his demographic, and it sucks because I start to get depressed when I think, "Well, great, I now follow a Margaritaville line of retirement communities." Well, if it lasts long enough for you to partake in it, then it's probably a decent retirement setup. Well, I'm sure it is. It's it's interesting, but he's great. He knows he has a decent amount of fans at a retirement age, and yeah, why not? Why not? He's very good at uh, at the marketing side of things. And you'll learn that he also does put on a hell of a show. I'm excited to see him live. It's I don't have really any other concert experience, but I've seen other people here and there, and this is just something special. When I was younger, when I was in high school and I saw him first, it was the first time where I'm like, wow, I'm not the only one. Being in high school and being a Jimmy Buffett fan, that there was no one else. Some people knew Margaritaville. Yeah. Maybe, it's like in every guitar lesson book that yeah. uh, came out of the 90s. Maybe like A Pirate Looks at 40. But that's because that's been covered by Bob Dylan and stuff like that. So there's there's other songs, but some other. people knew Margaritaville, but mostly I was just on my own. Interesting musical lesson. If Bob Dylan's covering you, you're doing something right. He, at one point, well, Jimmy was touring uh, during Bob's electric years. The, the um, kind of... Not as popular, or I don't want to say the alien. The... the the weird thing about Bob Dylan, maybe I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or whatever. He has proliferated so much music that so much of it is shit. Yes, I don't fucking know what he's getting at in most of his songs. I like some of his work, but a lot of it. I think you get to a point, and I've even said this before, where. If you're lucky enough to still be performing after 40 or 50 years, that's amazing for you. But if you've been consistently releasing albums for 40 or 50 years, like the Beatles couldn't didn't have the opportunity to release albums for 50 years. No. Thank and goodness. Yes, because they wouldn't there'd be there's always a dip. When you look at a lot of artists like Frankie Valley, 
great artist. Some of his albums, shit. Mm-hmm. When the Beatles came around, the Four Seasons were like, well, now we kind of have to be really artistic. And it's one of the worst albums I've ever heard. Like, it's just them trying to be psychedelic. I haven't heard of this album, but... I'll I'll send I, it to you. Okay. Sounds but, good. yeah, Bob Dylan, there's a lot of stuff I don't like. Jimmy Buffett, there's albums that I won't listen to. Uh, it, it happens. You can't... There are some artists that I feel are closer to perfectionists in that... They've been consistently good. I mean, I'll pick but they don't release an album every three years. No, they don't. Um, That's the difference. The one that I'd pick on because I've seen him in concert is Ozzy Osbourne. I think every album he's put out, I can gravitate towards that and say it's good. Like it, there's nothing that really strikes me as a bad album that he's ever put out. In the Black Sabbath years, maybe there might be some albums where you can only pick out one or two songs that are good. That's fair. But as a solo artist, he is such a perfectionist that it's it'd be very difficult for him to release a garbage album. I don't know how many people are still alive like that today. There's a, there's a weird thing too. Like what if what if Nirvana continued and they kept making stuff into the 2000s? Would it have been garbage? Cuz I mean grunge died, but what else could they do? They might have had to adapt with their times or they could have, because of their there's popularity, they could have kept it going for a little bit longer. That's true, right? Like, how long does like teenage angst play into things though? Like, how old do you got to be before you can stop feeling those things? Uh, yeah, I wasn't angsty, so I don't know. Yeah. But that in itself, but you can feel it. You don't have to be an angsty teenager yeah. to feel the emotion in the music. It doesn't matter how long. A individual person's teenage angst lasts. It's it's how many times people can be drawn to that music. If you get a thirteen year old that's drawn to Nirvana, you might have them for another five years, and you just have to hope that you can continue riding that wave of. In the vein of Well and Memes, it was a poll, Nirvana or Pearl Jam, and oh my, I think it was it was close. It was like fifty four percent Nirvana, and I'm like, what the. F- fuck is wrong with everybody in this region going with pearl jam i hate pearl jam yeah nirvana yeah yeah uh beatles or the rolling stones you can only have one. Oh, I, that's tricky i like more of the beatles but there are many rolling stone songs that stand up to everything that the beatles are there's there's just there's just fewer of them i'd say there's a good i forget who said it but they were asked somebody was being quizzed years ago about the contents of their iphone mm-hmm. like when the big oh what's on your iPhone or ipod rather was a big question and somebody was asked like if you if the uh recording studio was on fire and you only had you were only able to gra- grab one box of masters would you grab the beatles or rolling stones and this person said the beatles and if you're asking like if i the rolling stones have, would take up less space in your arms yes but if you're if you're asking if I would prefer to have either the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, he thought that at some point the Rolling Stones could have been could have been somebody else. Like their sound, while unique, wasn't as unique as the Beatles. Like the no. Beatles, nobody could ever. They have... invented many of the. Speaking of the Beatles, one of the movies I'm most excited for is coming out soon called Yesterday. I know you've seen the trailer because it's played 
it played before Beach Bomb. No, I don't remember it. Okay. Is it in, like across the universe? No. Okay. It's 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 an interesting th- premise. This uh, unsuccessful musician uh, decide well gives up music and then is riding home and there's this weird universal power outage for like five minutes. Universal. At least it looked universal in the trailer. Planet wide. Yes. Somehow. So. So power goes out for five minutes, comes back on, but of course it comes back on. He couldn't see where he was going. He was on his bike and he hit his head and whatnot. He wakes up and his friends cheer him up because he had broke his guitar in the, uh, in the bike accident. So they give him a new guitar and as he's recovering, he's playing and he plays one of the Beatles songs and they're like, Oh, that's nice. Who wrote it? Oh, there's an alternate universe where the Beatles don't exist. Don't exist. And he's like, well, Paul McCartney wrote it. And they're like, who's Paul McCartney? And then he starts tripping out because he checks, he checks Google. No, Beatles don't exist. He's asking people like, do you know, do you not know who Ringo Starr and nobody knows who they are. So he proceeds to rewrite all the Beatles songs. It just looks like a very good funny. movie. I don't. The issue with that, I mean, not really. There's no issue. It's a creative movie or whatever. That's fine. Um, who knows if the Beatles songs would fly if anybody else was doing them at any different time? And you also they probably wouldn't. Well, exactly. They have the same odds as basically any other garbage that's in the in the collection of mainstream music. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where he's recording "Hey Jude." And Ed Sheeran is helping him record. And Ed that would Sheeran, sound good. And Ed Sheeran's like, listen, love the song, but don't you think maybe it'd be better as Hey Dude? And nowadays, yeah, that might have flown better. That would have been probably, yeah. I, right? I can understand that. Like modernizing it slightly. But then <laughs> the end of the trailer makes it look like Paul McCartney exists in this world still. Because he's on a talk show, and one the talk show host is like, so, thank you for joining us. We have somebody here who says that they are the actual writers to the songs. So it looks like there's going to be... It just looks good. <laughs> and the music will be it good. It will be. And they they pulled a... They pulled a... Uh, I Am Sam. I realize that your face might be blocking me for most of this podcast. I don't care. Is it blocking me? Is it blocking you now? No. Okay. I thought I angled it, so I didn't have to. <laughs> um, I Am Sam, the movie with Sean Penn. You ever saw it and seen it? No. It's good. It's the one where in uh, like, uh, Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. is telling Ben I Stiller. I haven't watched that movie, but I've always wanted to. Okay. Great movie. Looks like you should is. watch it. But I Am Sam is one of the movies that Robert Downey Jr. lists when he's like, you don't go full retard. Yes. Because Sean Penn went full retard for I Am Sam. Great performance. He did. Like, great performance, but he he didn't get any credit for it because Academy. But in I Am Sam, they found and they explained that the Beatles are really big in, in mentally handicapped homes and mentally like people like the beatles i don't know something with the music okay why i don't know i guess it's this this has to have some kind of explanation well the explanation in the movie is they just find that people with 
some mental handicaps are drawn to the Beatles. But in the movie side of things, they're like, we had an issue because we wanted to use the Beatles, but we couldn't afford to use the Beatles. Because to license a Beatles song for a movie is incredibly expensive. Yes. A lot more expensive than, you know, a John Cash song. Um, Which is still crazy. Yes. So they're like, what we'll do is we'll do really good covers of the Beatles. Yeah. And then that's how you get around it. So this movie is going to pull the same thing. Because as he's writing these songs, they're all going to be covers of the Beatles songs. But but, uh, I can move. That's okay. No, that's... It's I like a good alternate universe. What happens if the Beatles never existed? There's lots to go off of anyways for writing and I think it'd be such a different world, really. I mean there are very formative in, in the way that things have been since the sixties. No, the world would be very, very different, I think. Yes. There's there's a very definitive time travel movie out there. That nobody has written yet, where like some it'd be interesting to see an alternate universe where somebody like goes back and just changes everything because nobody ever touches on it, right? Like Back to the Future, nobody ever, and they they have made jokes about this now, but nobody ever once thought go back we, be Jesus. Well, no, there's that, or you know, go back and stop Hitler because you're not supposed to change the timeline. There's lots of movies about stopping Hitler. Yeah, but that's just the like the big example. Mm. But if you could like stop Hitler, maybe you know stop the Twin Towers, like all the things that time travel movies don't do. At least the Twin Towers thing is is easier because basically the only thing that's going to be different is air travel is going to be less annoying. That's the biggest effect, I'd say. Well, and, and then the and military the, budget in the U.S. might be a little smaller. Well, and the countless lives that were lost. I guess they're not countless. Who cares? We're all humans. We're all contributing to the same pile of garbage. True. Who says that any of them were going to do anything worthwhile? True. Maybe some of them would. Who cares? Um, it, was only, it was what, 20,000 people? I don't know. The death of one is a tragedy, but the death of millions is a statistic. It's a, a quote for you. I don't know. I don't think it'd be that interesting to really touch on that. You could go so much more in in the creative angle if you went further back in time and you could have more to extrapolate upon. Like, I don't know, what happens if they didn't build the Great Pyramids? Or what happens if they didn't build the Great Wall of China? That's or true. what happens if they didn't sail to the new, new world from Europe to conquer North America? Or, or I don't know, what if the... The natives in North America had better diseases to fuck up the Europeans who came over. 6,000. 6,000. 6, That's it? Yeah. Holy shit. Hmm. I thought it was way more than that. Those buildings could fill a lot of people if it was any later in the day anyways. I think the planes hit at like 9 in the morning or something. It was closer to 11. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. I remember. I was in school. A lot of people have that story. It was school time. I I don't think I was in school. Although, I have to look back questioningly. This is the question lots of people get asked. Is where were you when, you know, the towers fell? Whatever. You said you were in school. I was probably not in school. I think I was at home. But at the same time, I think my parents might have let me watch the TV. At the time, they was already running again. Well, yes. That was... It's going to be 
footage for weeks, basically, just showing what happened. <sighs> yeah, it was a Tuesday. A Tuesday. So why weren't you at school? I might have been... What? 2000? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe I was at school, and I just didn't really... No, I don't feel like I knew anything about it. Until, See, I didn't really either. Until basically I had been sat in front of a TV and shown this is what's going on in the world right now. And, and that was about the first, you know, the first thing that I remember for hearing about it. I don't know. It's a tragedy, but it's one that we, I don't think, because I was young, you were younger. Yeah. I think it would probably, if, but then again... I don't know if it would affect me differently now. I'm I'm older, so I can grasp. I can understand the the situation, and it's I all proximity. The the main reason why this and everybody likes to compare tragedies, but the main reason why this is important to us is because so it's close. close to home. I mean, things of much larger proportion happen all over the world all the time. Huge natural disasters, oh, but yeah. terrorism too. I mean, there's lots of terrorism in many countries around the world. It's a, a lot of people get into a dick waving contest of who has the worst terror problem. Obviously, North America doesn't really have much of a terrorism problem. This is like the biggest incident we've ever had. And I mean, there's lots of little small ones like, yeah, somebody got in a van and ran a bunch of people over today. But yeah, the world's in a weird place. Lots of people try to act like it's something that's all of a sudden like, oh, we're in such a strange situation. Nah, it's it happens. Humans are very unpredictable in that way. I mean, they just busted the people that were trying to like make bombs or something in the GTA, which is interesting. There's a whole story behind that, too. It's... I don't know. I think... Things might be getting, you know, a little bit more unpredictable, perhaps unstable. People are trying to take a stand in certain ways that they know how, and some of the ways aren't the best like there's been a lot of there's been a lot of uh like religious shootings and stuff like that a lot more statistically than years past which people taking a stand for ideas in a physical way which is such a not first world thing to do it's it's so strange i don't know maybe it's just this projection of a of a person who lives in canada and a relatively free country why can't we just distribute ideas in a non-violent manner i'm okay with just about any idea being distributed i don't even care if a fucking neo-nazi wants to shout on the street corner if he wants to do that that's fine i don't think he should be met with violence and i don't think that he should enact violence on anybody else fair it's an arena for ideas it's a free speech they call it although we don't really have that in the same way that america does Still, you can say mostly what you want. Sometimes it can boost you into fame. I mean, Jordan Peterson's a good example of that, where he can he leveraged that quite a bit to become an, a notable person. A very polarizing figure. Did you ever read his book? We talked about it like a year ago at least. Yes. Um, most of it? Twelve somethings for life or whatever. Yeah, twelve rules or steps yeah. or whatever. Maybe I'll finish it. I'm like it's okay. Sorry. He's a he's an interesting guy. I really lost interest after like the first few months of following him. Eh. He's like listening to any other professor that I've had, which is cool. 
in, in an educational sense. He's not bad with some of his philosophical stuff and some of his history stuff and human psychology stuff. I find his writing to be good enough. Like there's there's humor sprinkled in. Oh so. yeah, definitely. You gotta keep an audience interested. Um, no, he. I should finish his book. I have to figure out what I'm gonna read next. I know you went. You recommended some philo- philosophy books, but I'm not sure. There's other things I could read. I have a bookshelf for the first time in like years, which is fantastic. But you don't want physical books. Not really. I have physical. Some I do have some that I will. It's mostly going back at this point because you have this new lens to look at things through. Do you, Do you ever get that feeling like uh, you used to watch a TV show or something, but now as an adult you get it in such a different way and you have to go back and and watch it again, or it could be anything. A book. Kind of really is yes. I do have a story recently that that uh, refers to this. For some reason, YouTube was telling me to watch an old episode of The Elephant Show. Okay. I think it was because I was playing kids' music for my nephew at Easter or Mother's Day. I think it was Mother's Day. So, like, okay, just out of curiosity, let's watch this 20-minute episode. And the nice thing about it was is I, I, it was still entertaining. I still laughed, even though they were jokes targeted towards kids. Mm -hmm. But I got every single joke, every single beat that I was supposed to get. As a kid, no, it's not happening. Huh. I would be, if when when I have children, I will be able to sit down and watch something like this because I would enjoy it as well. And that's that's a good good point. Kids programming is is entirely different as an adult. Yes, I should go back and watch like simple shows like SpongeBob and stuff. It'd My be fit, well, probably better. SpongeBob was always the interesting thing because it had an adult edge to it. It does. And I always refer rec, like refer to this because it's amazing. It's the I think best moment in children's cartoons, like specifically like SpongeBob's older children, but kids cartoons an episode of arthur i think i might have mentioned this but it's amazing did you ever watch arthur i watched it yes okay so i don't have to explain it that much but arthur buster in the treehouse yeah and they're looking through old books and they're all dusty and stuff like that and as they're opening through dust is flying and buster starts to sneeze and he's sneezing and find out that he has asthma but he gets taken away by his mom and arthur and his dad are standing on the part on the porch as buster's mom drives him away and arthur's like i knew we shouldn't have been reading those dirty books and arthur's it cuts to a wide shot arthur's dad's just looking at him like what and it's a beat beat and then it goes to the next scene like oh my god that's awesome that's an amazing joke that no kid would get but I, I haven't found, I haven't, obviously, it'd be weird to say, oh, well, what are you binge watching right now, Arthur? No, I, I would go back and watch that as an adult. I don't know if it's on Netflix. but It's not, but I'm sure it'd be easy to find. But if that, if that joke is so in my head, I'm sure there's others. The there's got to be. The funny thing is, too, there's other more short-term things that maybe that would apply and you, and you haven't thought of them yet. Like, kid shows are a pretty easy thing to pick on. But there's one thing that just stuck out in my mind today, and if I ever hear myself saying this, I'll probably go do it, but I probably won't remember. Um, there was a show on the NPR station, WBFO, the, the Buffalo NPR station, called Car Talk. And I don't know, it ran for like 
over a decade. It ran forever on the on the like the radio, and it was just these two guys. It was a comedy thing basically, but they would give like legitimate car advice and whatever. And between the time that that last episode aired, and I was kind of sad because I watched it, and I was very entertained by it. Between the time that that one aired and now, I have learned literally everything I know about cars. So, I could go back and actually understand what the hell they were talking about the whole time. Okay. But I, I appreciated it as just a comedy show. So, I was a, oblivious to most of the mechanical problems that they were describing. So, then, that, I, as we've mentioned before, I would love to, in some capacity, sit in on some old film lectures from my school. Because yeah. I would appreciate certain things so much more now that I've... Some of the first-year lectures that you get in any course are, are really good, but you don't have the the taste for it yet. You don't know what you're actually getting. No, and it sounds really stupid, but even... And keep in mind, I passed this course very well. Mm -hmm. So the fact that for some reason it took a long time to even understand the proper use and proper like exposure triangle set it, like thinking... Uh, Going back to it now, at least... Just take it for granted. It's yeah. as easy as it gets. The sound stuff... I wish I paid more attention in the sound... Uh, the sound side of things, but I didn't... The radio wasn't really my thing, and it got tech-heavy quick. Hmm. So... I wonder what kind of things that they would be talking about. I've got sound books if you want to go through them. Is it like physics equations? Like, what is it? I can't remember. Cause like, I'll take a look after. Cool. Like it was, it wasn't all film related because it was it was obviously radio and we we had to do, um, like diagrams and and um, schematics for certain things. I remember a wiring diagram, stuff like that. There's we, certain things that I get. It, it makes sense at the. Um, at a control board level or like a mixer level, but it doesn't make sense to go into the mixer. I don't know if they went inside and talked about different circuit board, like circuit board pathways. I don't know. I can't remember. It's been it's been a long time. I wish. I just wish I paid more attention. But then, everybody says that about being in school. But you pay as much attention as you can if you're interested. And I was interested in a lot of it. And then some of the stuff I wasn't. And of course, the stuff that I was interested in back then is the stuff that I'm more um, drawn towards now like I still love the idea like I love editing editing I really love and I just editing I really love I love editing I like being able to basically redirect something at the end of the day like a good editor can turn a shitty movie into a passable movie yeah a bad editor can turn a amazing movie into a shitty movie if the pacing's weird. But editing I love. The camera op stuff I like, especially now that I understand it a lot more. And as we said before, uh, basically everything that I dreamed of owning back in 2013, I have equal or better. So now it's time to do some kick-ass things. Yeah. Don't let the... Equipment you have now limit yourself. No, because, I mean, it's just the thing that you passively acquire, and then you suddenly realize one day you have it. 
you've you have the dream so you know it when i got the mark three i remember driving home with melissa and i said it's weird yeah. because in school i only ever dreamed of the mark two now you got something better and now i have something better like hmm it's a weird perspective there's a lot of um things that should let make you reevaluate goals like for instance I was uh, working, and I went on break to Tim Hortons with my coworker, and we noticed that there was a bunch of senior citizens on bikes with very, you know, biking gear, and they, they looked, they had saddlebags with a front and back tire, like they were kitted out. And and uh, coworker Josh got to talking with them, and it turns out that they their retirement plan was just to bike everywhere, and they biked to Chippewa, Ontario. From Alabama, yeah, and and they've already done a coast to coast, and they're, they're doing all sorts of biking. And then the only thing that I could take away from that is, as a person that the longest ride I've ever done was about seventy kilometers, is I should set bigger goals because you can do you can achieve a lot. Goals are important. I don't know what my longest bike ride was. I did a long one. A long one. Yeah, I you don't actually, think, I don't think it was seventy kilometers. Looking it up? Are you saying seventy kilometers one way or seventy kilometers the whole trip? Both? Whole trip. It was a it was a nearly lake to lake from Lake Ontario to I Lake Erie. I might actually have a comparable. Really? Yeah. How long did it take you? Well, let me let me at least get the rough. This is a tricky thing. I'm how where do you have the storage so that way you could look it up? That's what I'm curious about. Well, I know where I left, and I know. Oh. Like, I know I left Tilsonburg to yeah. bike. Oh, it's from Tilsonburg. Yes. Okay. So I would okay. have no idea about the geography. So I biked. This was with Justin. So if you, if you really? think I'm lying. Okay. Okay. This was 10 years ago. Yep. But Justin will back me up on this. One summer, one, I think it was in August, I said, hey, I want to do something cool. Just say we did it. Let's get on our bikes and bike from um, let's get on our bikes and bike from Tilsonburg to Long Point. So I know you don't have a lot of like no. relative, but it does from, sound very far from though. city center to city center, it is forty five kilometers. Okay. And we did in one day we did forty five there and forty five back. That's pretty crazy. Yes. Do you still have a bike? Yes. Really? Yes. Is it the same bike? No. Huh. Uh, that bike was stolen. No. Oh. I want to end this podcast by saying, do you want to go on a bike ride somewhere and just see how fit we are? Because I'm actually not good at biking by the standards of cyclists. Well, good, because... Josh kicked my ass. Surprise, surprise, neither am I. I'm sure <laughs> I'd have to make sure everything's you know, in working order. It's been a while since I biked, but... Yes. Yeah. My, my bike isn't even put together at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Let's bike. The last time I went biking, I went uh, 21 kilometers, and it took me an hour and three minutes. Okay. Well, maybe we take a a perhaps slightly, at least at the beginning, more leisurely trail. <laughs> By that metric, if I could sustain the pace, <laughs> which I doubt that I could, theoretically I could do... The bike that I did before in like four hours, but it took, I think it took me closer to like five and a half or six. But, anyways, 
let's do shit. That's that's where I'm ending this podcast. I agree. Um, to the end of well and memes, as well, at least we know it. It's an end of an era. End of an era. Even though they're still going to keep posting the stupid stuff that happens in Welland. Cause yes. Welland's trash, and we all love it for it. Have a good night, everybody.